Let's keep it going. All right, now we are going to dive into Matrix Reloaded, the third and probably the most. Oh, excuse me, Matrix Revolutions. Uh, would you say? Yeah, I'm also, we're, we're going to touch on Animatrix too here. So, okay. yeah, um, we're going we're gonna to do a little something for everyone, guys. Uh, but, all right, let's, we're going to start with Revolutions. And I don't know if you agree, Seth. I think it was like the most controversial, like, and not, or like, and maybe the most critiqued is the best way to put it. So, I want to say, yeah, we talked about Reloaded and how I really, like, we both don't like that first act, but we both really like basically the second two thirds of it. Which is a really action heavy and story heavy, honestly. Like that first act, I'm not going to get back to it. <laughs> Revolutions, I want to say, was not received well critically when it came out. But I want to, like, I want to say it was really lumped together with Reloaded. And, like, I think some of the criticism on Reloaded was unfair. And having watched Revolutions uh, recently, my take is there's good scenes and there's good, like, and even the final point of it is good. Like, the conclusion is good. What I don't like um, is the ex- the extended war scene in Zion is just not. It, it, <laughs> I know that they're going for like a lot of classical war stuff and they want to make you feel a lot of those kind of like emotions, but I, at no point do I feel like I'm inside a war movie or experiencing like an epic war emotion the way I would in like in like The Deer Hunter or like Saving Private Ryan. It's like I think they wanted to tap into those kind of movies with the war stuff. But it just doesn't get there for me. And most of the time I find myself wondering, like, why did they build these gun machines this way? Like, why didn't they put a face mask on so no one gets shot in the face? Or, like, why why don't the machine, why don't the Sentinels have bullets shooting from their tentacle? Like, why are they only hand-to-hand? There's just things that don't make total sense to me about, like, the war itself. And then, like I said previously, too, like, the whole design of Zion and, like, where the military is and where the people are and how the city like, is just set up, I don't fully understand. So when somebody is saying, like, oh, the bridge is lost, or, like, oh, we, now we need to hide in the temple, like, I don't know where those things are, and I don't really know what those things mean. So I wish I had a little more context with all that. Um, so that being said, though, some of the war stuff is, like, good filmmaking and, like, well, you know, well shot, I guess. I just, I think a lot of the actors aren't that great, and it's like, yeah, a lot of the times I'm just thinking about other things, I guess. I am not going to argue with you that I think the third movie, yeah, it's not, it's not the best, I think, but I think, but, but, but it's better than I remember. I was to say, but is that like, that's what you mean, right? Like it's better than I remember. I, I would say, yeah, it's in my memory, I would have had it at the level that that whole first act of Reloaded was at, but it's not that it's like. There's some dull parts, but there's also some some good parts. And I think um, the whole thing with Bane is interesting to me. The whole thing where, where Smith comes into the, the physical world through this surrogate person is a really interesting concept. And I actually wish they took that further. They end up having Bane do the, like, kind of do a sabotage off screen, which I think should have been an actual scene. We talked about how the movie opens with the whole train uh, man sequence and then going back to the Maryland Chain. I think that could have kind of been in reloaded, and I think I, I think I would have just focused more on Bane versus Neo and Smith versus Neo, and I would have done less of the war in Zion. Um, there's just I think there's things I would have rearranged to make it a better movie. That being said, though, it's like they still get to their endpoint, and it pretty much makes sense to me at the end of the day. So it's like 
I'm happy. I'm happy. It's not the kind of thing where it ends and I don't. And it's like I have nothing. I just don't know what to look for. Like have nothing to grasp. But I'm happy that it ends in a way that's like satisfying for me. But it's like I also just wish it was kind of a better movie. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I respect the finality of it. I guess not because they're coming out with four. But like they killed off, killing off Trinity was a big deal at the time, yeah. and I still think it hasn't aged well. I think it was a missed opportunity. Um, but killing Neo. It was also kind of a big deal at the time, but in hindsight, it was really the only thing they could do. Also, like, how, that's the only way you can end this thing, yeah. And, like, you and I, one of the things we loved about the first one was all the depth and nuance and, like, looking back at it, it's like there's clearly the technology question, like, humans versus technology. We talked about Y2K. That was a clear theme, um, or at least a, a possible theme. There's also, I think, a generational conflict with, like, the young Neo and the older Smith and his boss at work. Um and then there's like the Alice in Wonderland references. There's yeah. they're playing with like four or five different philosophy, like philosophy yeah, existential that, theories. That first script, like I said, had been in development for years and years. So it's like I get that that's why it's late. And like that was the Wykowski's baby. Like mm-hmm. they clearly put a ton of stuff into that. And so it's like I get that <laughs> when they're forced to make revolutions, it's the script just can't be that late. Like it just can't be at that same level. I don't think. I, if they had written the whole thing at once, I wonder what it would have been like, I guess. Totally understandable. Like, I agree. It's like you're asking to do, like, it took, I'm sure, a long time to give the output, to get that level of output from Matrix. Yeah. And they did both movies back to back. They also released them within, like, six months of each other, which was really bold. So, like, Matrix Reloaded made a ton of money, but everyone was kind of like, it's an incomplete movie. Like, it's literally just, like, a middle of a movie. And yeah. then, uh, everyone, so everyone was really expecting a lot from Re- of Revolutions. And much like right. Kill Bill, it's a very different movie. And so people were really disappointed because it's a very different style movie. Although Kill Bill 2 was still well-received. It's just a very different style movie than the first one, I think. Uh, yeah, I would actually... I think the only other time this happened was with the Back to the Future franchise. When the first one was such a hit, they decided to make the two sequels at the same time. And um, uh, truth be told, I love the second Back to the Future. The third one's got the piece of shit. <laughs> I do not like that. I do not think it's aged well. It's not. I think it's just, it's so derivative of the previous ones. It's a prop. Yeah, it like yeah. doesn't do enough. It just puts them in a new time and it doesn't but do so, anything like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't, I, it wasn't like I was expecting like Back to the Future 3 with Revolutions, but um, you're right. The, the way that Reloaded ended, people put all their expectations onto the third movie. It was like the second one had these huge expectations, but then it, it was like good enough and it had a, the plot ended in a way where it was like, okay. Like, I have to see this whole story to really judge it. And I, and so, yeah, I think Revolutions came in with, with all of those extra expectations. And then, you know, it's the third movie. And if, you know, anything doesn't live up to what someone's waiting for, I think it's going to get criticism. So, but that being said, it's, like, also not a perfect movie. It's also not, like, the, you know, start to finish, there's, there's a lot of stuff I would change about it. There, but but I, I still feel like the first act of Reloaded is what really caused this snowball of, like, bad criticism. And it's like, if, if I was going to change anything with this franchise, it would be the first act of Reloaded. Well, what's funny is I think that was my, we talked about, when we talked about Reloaded, I think both of our biggest problem with that was Zion in that first act. And it's like, yeah. that was really to build up to this. And we kind of talked about it. They didn't do enough time. They didn't spend enough time or do a good enough job of building, showing why we should like these people, why we're rooting for them. Like, what are they fighting for? Like, and I think they tried to do it with the old man in the second movie, and we kind of talked about that just is not a good scene with Neo speaking to the old council member, and that's clearly them trying to draw yeah. a connection between him and Zion outside of this crew of the Nebuchadnezzar. Right, it's just like you don't identify with any of those people. 
And so it's like when they're at war, it's not you don't feel like you're at war. You're just like, oh, Zion's at war. Well, I hope they win or something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the same problem with the geography, but you, you're right. And it's something they could establish and should, especially if you're trying to like connect us to them. Um, but what I and I actually liked the fight scenes. To me, I thought it was like some of the best visuals. And like I always just think of this is probably gonna be wrong, but like um like Renaissance paintings, like the scenes of them like when it shows the swarm yeah, fighting the, some good visuals. Like sure. the visuals are awesome and I like the captain or commander Tafua or whatever. It, the problem is that whole scene is resting on the kid, the character of the kid. Who is not especially likable? It's I don't mean to rag on the actor, but it's just it's not good. I, the the black chick with the the bomber, the like pipe bomb thing, is better than the kid. Honestly. That that part is cool, and that's like t- it really like delves into some horror. Like a lot of those scenes and that fight delves into horror, and it just shows like what would happen. It's like kind of it reminds me of the opening of Terminator Two. Like my one of my favorite parts of that whole franchise is the wide scale war, and it shows yes. the humans fighting the machines. And it's like, oh, what does that look like? So few people try are even bold enough to try and show that. And in this one, the way they do it's weird because the technology just doesn't make sense. Like they're revert, they build these massive robots to just fire big guns. Like it's just like they don't have any aerial thing. It's just yeah, yeah. It's like and you don't have any heavy artillery. Like can we get some bombs or something? You know, I don't know. Like, the human weapons were built. For like a different, it seems like a different enemy because like it's not yeah, like World War One enemy of weapons. Yeah, it's like the fighting yeah. tanks. It's just very weird, and I think part, and I think that kind of robs that not only that action scene, but the movie of of a little. I don't, I don't know if momentum is the right word or weight, but it's just What's it's just a weird visual. I like yeah, it, but it's a weird visual. Like it's like in the actual Matrix, they're so on point and high tech with their gun stuff, and it's like. I remember that first one. Remember, there's that part where the Bowser, when he dies, he turns around with those two like automatic yeah. shotgun devices that are like, in re- and you're like, holy fuck, where did? And like, I can't believe he dies while shooting those. But like, I just thought some of the guns in the first one are so cool and stuff, and so I'm expecting all kinds of shit when I get to Zion. But like, oh, it's just like it's it's not what I expected at all. They have Gatling guns. They're using like gun shells. Like it's not lasers yeah. or. It's, and I know. I think I just realized. I corrected myself. I said it was a really cool visual, and then I complained about the visual. The visuals are really cool in the fight, but when you look and actually just like focus on what the like the humans are fighting in, it doesn't make sense. It's just a very. That's what I, yeah, it's like the technology. That, like, why don't you put a helmet on that thing? Or, like do do any like I don't know, yeah like there's no planes. <laughs> Yeah, it it was so weird, and even like you only have guns, like you only have bullets. There's nothing else. Um, but well, it's like I guess the EMP is like their big weapon, kind of, like, you know. And it's like I get that the EMP. But are they even trying to like weaponize like, the fact that they can't use it in a way that doesn't hurt them like themselves? Is just I I like it. It works in the first one. You would think Zion would have something else, but I also didn't quite understand like why can't we fly someone right into the machine world? launch that EMP. Is that not going to work? That is a good question. Um, but that, like, that is the problem with the third movie because no one, like, these are supposed to be great generals and brilliant men. I never thought of that, but why didn't one of them? That should be the premise of the third movie or second movie. It should be them, like, we're going to, like, Neo, like, we want you to help yeah. us get close. We're going to launch an EMP and imagine if it was, like, a okay, I, I'm not going to do fan fiction. But, like, that could have been a storyline that would have yeah. been really cool. Well, yeah, it's, it's, um, 
And it's like, at the same time, though, that whole war scene, it's like, even as a first-time viewer, I remember being like, well, obviously this is coming down to Neo and Smith, and that's the main conflict. And it's like, you kind of know that this war between the humans and the machines isn't going to be, like, your final point. You have to see what happens with Neo. Like, it's pretty obvious. So that, I think that wraps up some drama, too, where you're like, it's not like the humans or the machines are going to win this war. Like, it's going to happen at the Matrix. You're right. Like it, no, you're right. Like it, I think I was kind of a question going into it. I, I thought it would end in the matrix. That was the whole thing with Smith the whole time. And I actually really liked that he could come out. And I think one of the better parts of that movie, and it, I think not a lot of people liked it is I like the whole, it's Bane encountering Trinity and Neo. And it's like, I, I liked it. The scene worked I for like, me. I, see, I like Bane a lot. And I like that they did that with Smith. But I think, the one thing I would have done, so what happens is like he wakes up right as they're diverting ships and Jada Pinkett Smith and Morpheus and all those people take one ship back to Zion and they let Trinity and uh, Neo take the other ship to go to the machine world among, amongst much debate or whatever. But what I would have done was have Bane go back to Zion. What they do is have Bane stay on the ship. He tries to assassinate Neo, ends up just blinding him, but Neo ends up killing him anyway. And that's kind of the end of the Bane storyline. What I would have actually done is have Bane go back to Zion and have him fuck with the whole war. Like, he should be sabotaging the whole war, I think. And I like getting into those meetings and talking to people. And I think that would have been more interesting than him just kind of dying by, on the other thing. But, I mean, you know. <laughs> I actually like that. I think that would have been much more interesting. And yeah, it, it's, like, they don't, it's like, it's cool that he's there, but then it doesn't, he doesn't actually do much. He does something off screen where he, he sets off an EMP, but you never see it. And they're like, well, all these military people died because he set off an EMP early. And it's like, okay, that sounds like a dick move. But like, I didn't get to see it. And then. <laughs> I thought that was. He murder a doctor. He, like yeah. the doctor is trying to help him and remember stuff. He kills her. I, it's like. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, I thought that was one of the, it was one of the biggest missed opportunities. It was a cool way to end the second movie. But then when the third movie starts, you just realize this monumental thing has happened for Zion. It's something you're supposed to care about. And really, I think what it maybe helped build and make the fight there later a little more impactful, and you skip it. And it's like, oh, they're all dead. Uh, yeah. Here's Bane. They also, how did he get out and no one else? Like, that, like it would have been cool to see, and I think it could have... I think the mission, well, it's like, if the machines recognize that it's Smith and not the human... Uh, which I believe is what happened. They they know that Smith's going to sabotage the humans. So it's one of these things where it's like, he, Smith's trying to sabotage both sides, essentially, but it's like, machines are like, well, if the humans recover him, he's going to fuck with them no matter what. <laughs> but that would have been cool if somehow to pick that, because that would have been yeah, a great yeah, reflection. Because you see the architect have that conversation with Neo. It's like he makes a deal with the devil with Neo. He's like, here, if you say kill Smith, I'll do this. And it would have been cool to have him have that conversation with with Smith or a machine be like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to go kill the humans. And they're like, we shouldn't trust him. He's already disobeyed us once. And it's like, I just thought that could have really helped kind of create yeah, some, uh, nice to have that. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah those are the kind of things like that would have been great. And they have all these other scenes that don't really matter at all. But no, I was going to, well, with the architect, my interpretation of the, this is back to reloaded a little bit, I guess. But this is, they're really like, they, they connect. So yeah, I think yeah. now we, you got to talk about the architect. With the architect, um, basically my interpretation is um, 
the other uh, the other five times the Matrix went through, um, the one would always choose to save Zion and repopulate Zion. But this time is the first time that he chooses to save his loved one, which is Trinity, right? Yeah. And it, but it's like, do you think that that choice actually ends up saving everyone, or do you think that like in actuality, like Zion did kind of get uh, wilted down to a few people, I guess. Like they definitely killed a lot of people in that war, and like maybe this was the whole like what happens every time in the Matrix. Like maybe this is what happens every time or something. You have any take on that? Uh, my other thought too with like the Oracle is like the Oracle's a machine made program. So isn't the Oracle directing Neo to do exactly what the machines want to do in a way? And if that's the case, then it's like Neo did exactly what the Oracle and the architect wanted. Chose love, reloaded the matrix, just like it did. Smith is gone. I don't know. Maybe this was what was always supposed to happen. Well, you, it's interesting because at the end of it, there's I, I always initially viewed it and still view it as it's a win for the humans, but it's also it's not a loss for the machines. Like the architect says in the second, he it's very clear. It's like we'll give people the choice. Like the architect's like we're not just going to free everyone. We'll give them the okay. choice. Yeah. Like and the machines, you like there's no doubt the machines are giving humans a more enjoyable life, and that's a weird thing to say, but like these people don't. I think a lot of people are going to take the machines up on their offer and choose to stay in the matrix. And it's interesting to, and then that's a choice those humans are making and they're not wrong. So I think that hopefully that's ripe territory for them in matrix four. But I like that. I like, I like the architect. What I'm confused about is like the architect is definitely either the main program in machine world or like one of the primary, like the primary matrix program basically. But what, I, what I'm confused about is the Oracle. And, like, is she still part of the machine? Is she still working for the machine world and part of that? Or is she an exile program that's her own thing now and she's just operating much the way an independent human would? I th- the, to answer that question, it's interesting. I never really thought about it like that. I always thought – my understanding was the Oracle, she – it's interesting. Like, I do think she's an actual enemy of the architect. Like, I do think, or at least the architect. And an I, enemy. Uh, of the, like, and that the, I think the machines would get her if they could. Or maybe that's why she didn't have to run in the first one. The mach- like, uh, Smiths weren't going after her. I don't know. That's interesting. See, I think, I think she's part of the machine. Like, I, like she said, she's, the, the architect was there to balance the equation and she's there to unbalance. And so it's like the machines purposely made this program that would fuck up their own shit. You know what I mean? Where it's like, they realized the perfect matrix wasn't going to work. So they had to make this other program to make this unperfect matrix. But then the result of the anomaly, as so eloquently stated by the elder, is the one Neo. And so it's like, eventually you have this one and then you have to reload the matrix again. So I think in my current interpretation of all this is that the Oracle is part of the machine world as much as the architect, but it's like, she's the part that has to unbalance his equations. And, and like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to <laughs> sort of, sort of state it all at once, but it's like the unbalancing creates an anomaly, which is Neo, which in turn creates an opposite of himself, which is Smith, which is a virus inside the matrix, eventually overtakes it, which requires Neo to defeat him and reload the entire thing, which is essentially what happens yeah. in the course of three movies, right? Well, at the end of the day, the ma- the the machines win too because they use Neo, their enemy, to kill one of their other enemies, and it ends up saving them. So 
But like, the way I see it is... But, uh, see, I would, I would say that Smith is just as inevitable as Neo is. Well, the way, like, all set up. well, there's a duality there. And I think yeah. where, I, where the way I'm going to explain it is we they do a good job of explaining, I think by the end, at least visually, we can get to that in a minute, but the duality between Neo and Smith. And well, you, you see, think wait, wait, let me, let me, let me finish. <laughs> you got, you got Neo and Smith, you got them. Um, there's duality there. And they talk about in previous iterations of the matrix. The architect um, says that we did, we try to give you everything. We try to give you perfection and you, or no, Smith says it. humans rejected it. So to yeah. me, they understand there needs to be a balance. And I think like there's balance at levels you put, you have, um, you have Neo and the rebels to basically counteract the agents and create, create some like opposite tension there, but you also need something above them. You need like, and that's what the Oracle is. So I think she's a purposely antagonistic program. And I think it's something where it's like, yes, she's from the machines, but like they actually can't control her because so it's like, yeah, she's a machine. She's doing what the source wants, but it's like the architect still can't control her because her whole thing is to basically try and free humans and be his antithesis and building on just like with the Oracle, she's almost like a Loki character. She's a trickster, at least compared to the machine. She is, she like, she acts like she's this, she always looks like an old helpful woman. Who's very, you'd think like meek, but in fact, she's incredibly powerful. No, but that's and that's a good thing. But that's the thing. She's the she's fighting for the humans, and I think that is like I think the machines. We can get it in the Animatrix, but in the Animatrix, they flesh out the idea that it was the humans that started the war with the machines, and that it's this idea that machines are maybe a better. There's the argument here that they only touch on and they never get into. It's are machines an actual superior consciousness or AI or life? Like what? Well, like is it a movie that already touched on that, Jake? And it's called Blade Runner. No, well, but no, I know, but like that's yeah, something yeah, here, and that's something where I think it's like, yeah, it's been t- it's been touched on, but this is a movie, it it's in a much different way. It's not the yeah. robots don't actually look like humans, like it's except can in I the ask, Matrix. Can I ask you, um, do you think in the other iterations of the Matrix that there was also a Smith-like virus with the duality of the anomaly? Or do you think that it was just like the anomaly happened, he went to the architect, he chose to save Zion, everything reset, and there was never this other virus component? So my understanding is that Smith is the actual anomaly, but it's uh, it's Neo, and it's because Neo is the first one to make this choice. It's the understanding that the machines didn't actually, weren't trying to give the one the choice. The choice was a lie. They always expected him to pick to save humanity. And Neo, for whatever reason, whether we don't really understand, had a stronger connection to Trinity, or perhaps he was just more selfish. And it's a, it's a look at the character that he's not, the reason he wins is because he's not as benevolent as they expect him to be. And he is selfish, and he risks it all. But the way I see it is he's the first human to break. And maybe, I, I'm assuming he's the first one who can like affect the machines in the real world. And just like him, I think what's different about him they're always Smiths, but I think this Smith, the specific Hugo Weaving Smith, is yeah. new and something entirely different. Uh, maybe he was an old mich- program, but I think this is the first time it's ever happened where a machine has gotten out. 
And I like, and the more I think about it, I like that he's a machine that can come into the real world. And I think you're right. I think it's a real missed opportunity in this movie, like not getting more of that and seeing like getting to see more of that character. Uh, but for me, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, it's like, I think you can interpret it two ways. Cause it's like, if there's a Smith virus every time, then I want to say that this, like the three movies, the, the matrix that we got to see is exactly what the machines wanted to happen. And I, and, but then I would say, if this is sort of the first instance of the Smith virus, then I would say Smith is the, is actually the anomaly or the one and that Neo is part of the, part of the source code and that Smith is the one that set everyone free. And, uh, and so in that way, it's like, it gives us this whole other sort of feel to it. And it's like, and that leading into matrix four, I wonder if we had those kind of answers where like, maybe there was a Smith virus in every matrix and everything went the way it was supposed to, or maybe Smith was like the new thing in this version of it. But well, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, which is like the new thing was Neo's human choice to, to pick Trinity over humanity kind of. And that somehow gave, and in reaction to that, that's what Smith was. Smith was his reflection or his, his reaction. And, that Neo's radicalness gave basically Smith the opportunity to become a hiccup to threaten the entire matrix. And it seemed right. like he had the opportunity to kill all of them. And um, apparently he's not coming back from matrix four Hugo weaving, which is a bummer. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, they should kill. He, I, I actually agree with that. He there should be a new threat. I'm glad yeah. they're not. And maybe it's a sign of well, as we, learned from Star Wars. It's probably a good thing they're shying away from just replacing and using I mean, a old villain. He's the major villain of the trilogy. Like, he had his time. Like, he was fine. He was great. Yeah. And he's great in the third movie, too. I want to say he's the most consistent person in this whole Yeah. Saga. And his character, the the final fight with them at the end and the, really the third act is it's, it's Neo and Trinity. Dragon Ball Z in that final fight. Oh, yeah. It's Neo and Trinity. They fly into the heart of the machine city. It goes awfully. But you see how there could be a chance of a cool like that fight is, uh, if like Neo yeah, led a real army. It's, uh, the the fights in Reloaded and the action sequences in Reloaded I like more. That, like that that big fight and the big war and revolutions like they are big visual pieces and stuff, but they're just not as interesting to me as it, some of the earlier action sequences they pull off. It's too much CGI after the first uh, after the fight with the Merovingian in the beginning. It's just too much yeah. CGI. And after, I mean, the fight with Bane is cool too, but uh, after that, it's all CGI. And that's a big complaint of mine. CGI, you can use it, but if like you're relying on it for most of your action, it just, at least for me, it's going to lose me a bit. It just, because yeah. you, you can it tell. A little tiresome. Yeah, it gets cartoony. Even the best CGI, that's how I feel about Avatar. I just think you can overdo it. And it reminds me a little bit of Return of the King and Lord of the Rings where it's the third one and for some unknown reason they after like resisting it for so long it just goes so heavy CGI and I get why they have to given like the way they depicted those machine the with this cho choices they went to I know why they did it but it's just a little disappointing even the final fight with Neo and uh, Smith it's awesome it's very yeah. very Dragon Ball Z like, but it's just they're also they're trying to live up to some, like you know, between the first two movies, like that, the whole infiltration and and getting Morpheus out of Agent Smith's hands in the first movie is just like an incredible action sequence, uh, all the way through the lobby up to his escape. And then, like we said, the 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 Burly Man brawl and Reloaded, and then the, the highway sequence and the Chateau fight—they're yeah. like three amazing action.
action scene. And so it's like, when you go into revolutions, you want the scene to live up to what they've done. And it's like, they're big scenes, but they're just not, they're not as iconic as any of those. Yeah, like, and even the the Merovingian fight at the beginning, it ends in a, as you said, a Mexican standoff, which is a little anticlimactic. And there's like a weird fight with Neo and the train guy, and it's like really weird. Yeah, it's there, like, there's a fight right before the Merovingian with the guys that like walk on the ceiling. That part was cool. I actually thought That's that was cool. Fight. The Merovingian fight was cool up until, I, I like it, but it it is a little anticlimactic. It builds, yeah. it builds, it builds, and then bam, it's, it's over, and you're like, really? But, uh, yeah, the third one, and the final fight's cool, but, yeah, the there's not as many memorable fights, and even the fights themselves, they're all just, like, solid B-pluses, maybe 1A. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's nothing that you're going to write home about, whereas, like, you come out of Matrix or Reloaded, and you, like, I was just talking about these action sequences, like, I couldn't believe what I had seen, so, I mean, that being said, you get to the end, you get to have a little talk with the Oracle and the Architect, and then the girl's like, will we ever see Theo again? And she's like, I think I, we will. And that, I think, brings us into our Matrix 4 Matrix 